Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 11. The Hound in the Red Jersey. Part 3. The Swallows Wouldn't Spell Phyllis with a P, I'm certain sure. They can't spell at all, Peter was still insisting. Then why do you see them always on Christmas cards and Valentines with letters round their necks? How would they know where to go if they couldn't read? That's only in pictures. You never saw one really with letters round its neck. Well, I have a pigeon, then. At least Daddy told me they did. Only it was under their wings and not round their necks. But it comes to the same thing, and I say, interrupted Bobby, there's to be a paper chase tomorrow. Who? Peter asked. Grammar school. Perks thinks the hare will go along by the line at first. We might get along the cutting. You could see a long way from there. The paper chase was found to be a more amusing subject of conversation than the reading powers of swallows. Bobby had hoped it might be. And next morning, Mother let them take their lunch and go out for the day to see the paper chase. If we go to the cutting, said Peter, we shall see the workmen, even if we miss the paper chase. Of course, it had taken some time to get the line clear from the rocks and earth and trees that had fallen on it when the great landslip happened. That was the occasion, you will remember, when the three children saved the train from being wrecked by waving six little red flannel petticoat flags. It is always interesting to watch people working, especially when they work with such interesting things as spades and picks and shovels and planks and barrows, when they have cindery red fires in iron pots with round holes in them and red lamps hanging near the works at night. Of course, the children were never out at night, but once, at dusk, when Peter had got out of his bedroom skylight to the roof, he had seen the red lamp shining far away at the edge of the cutting. The children had often been down to watch the work, and this day the interest of picks and spades and barrows being wheeled along planks completely put the paper chase out of their heads, so that they quite jumped when a voice just behind them panted, Let me pass, please. It was the hare, a big-boned, loose-limbed boy, with dark hair laying flat on a very damp forehead. The bag of torn paper under his arm was fastened across one shoulder by a strap. The children stood back. The hare ran along the line, and the workmen leaned on their picks to watch him. He ran on steadily and disappeared into the mouth of the tunnel. That's against the bylaws, said the foreman. Why worry, said the oldest workman. Live and let live, that's what I always say. Ain't you never been young yourself, Mr. Bates? I ought to report him, said the foreman. I spoil sport, that's what I always say. Passengers are forbidden to cross the line on any pretense, murmured the foreman doubtfully. I ain't no passenger, said one of the workmen. Nor he ain't crossed the line, not why we could see him do it, said another. Nor yet he ain't made no pretenses, said a third. And, said the oldest workman, he's out of sight now. What the eye don't see, the art needn't take no notice of what I always say. And now, following the track of the little hare by the little white blots of scattered paper, came the hounds. There were thirty of them, and they all came down the steep, ladder-like steps by ones and twos, threes and sixes and sevens. Bobby and Phyllis and Peter counted them as they passed. The foremost ones hesitated a moment at the foot of the ladder. Then their eyes caught the gleam of scattered whiteness along the line, and they turned towards the tunnel, by ones and twos and threes and sixes and sevens, disappeared in the dark mouth of it. The last one, in a red jersey, seemed to be extinguished by the darkness like a candle that is blown out. 
I don't know what they're in for, said the foreman. It isn't so easy running in the dark. Tunnel takes two or three turns. They'll take a long time to get through, you think? Peter asked. An hour or more, I shouldn't wonder. Then let's cut across the top and see them come out the other end, said Peter. We shall get there long before they do. The council seemed good, and they went. They climbed the steep steps from which they had picked the wild cherry blossom for the grave of the little wild rabbit, and reaching the top of the cutting set their faces towards the hill through which the tunnel was cut. It was stiff work. It's like Alps, said Bobby breathlessly. Or Andes, said Peter. It's like... Hemi, Hemi, what's... What's its names? gasped Phyllis. Mount Everlasting. Do let's stop. Stick to it, panted Peter. You'll get your second wind in a minute. Phyllis consented to stick to it, and on they went, running when the turf was smooth and the slope easy, climbing over stones, helping themselves up rocks by the branches of trees, creeping through narrow openings between tree trunks and rocks, and so on and on, up and up, till at last they stood at the very top of the hill where they had so often wished to be. Halt! cried Peter, and threw himself down flat on the grass. For the very top of the hill was a smooth, turfed tableland, dotted with mossy rocks and little mountain ash trees. The girls also threw themselves down flat. Oh, plenty of time, Peter panted. The rest's all downhill. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.